Sometimes my laugh makes me Shall we begin? Do we have a beginning? Oh, we don't have a fade out yet. A fade in and intro? We have a fade out, but uh, fade out? No. Yes. Hi, Nicole. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Hello, Renee. Today we're going to talk about chronic illness, autoimmune stuff, the fact that you and I are both plagued. Broken. Totally. But we're not. But that's the thing. We're not. I know. That's the not. So, and so we part. might seem healthy on the outside, but on the inside, it's a whole <laughs> other story. But no, let's talk about there are so. Okay. So, listen, here's some stats 23.5 million people in the United States alone have autoimmune diseases. That's a real number? It's a real number. Also, look at you coming in with your clipboard with your numbers. Look, I'm a researcher. I People know. keep questioning my research ability. I'm a four with a three wing, but I can activate my five wing any old oh, time. You're doing it now. Go on. So there are more than 100 autoimmune diseases, and the most common are multiple sclerosis. Say my- it. Get it. <laughs> um, we're drinking. What are we drinking? Mules? We're drinking Mexican mules. Mexican mules. This also, is a- I just want to say, we've actually never had a cocktail during any- Ever? episode not ever and during a podcast recording episode <laughs> and in a podcast another first not only am i drinking a mexican mule but i also had two snickers she had two mini <laughs> halloween <size>. candy <laughs> snickers that she dug out of my <laughs> pantry because that's what i do i'm like a little mouse yes she saw them out of the corner of her eye and she said give me those well because i i try to stay real clean in my house because we have autoimmune diseases (laughs) yes and we will talk about eating disorders too on a different podcast episode but because i also had those things happening and they never go away you know that and so anyway um yeah, so I was scrounging around like a little mouse and I found them. I, I right. treated you. Um, and that's Continue. what I, oh, I keep, I keep all of my pantries clean and I know that my friends have stuff that they can uh, give to me so I can get my Jones. All right. Finish with I don't, I can't pronounce the rest of them. Rheumatoid arthritis is on here mm-hmm. and type 1 diabetes is on here. Those As the all, most common. Those are all considered autoimmune though, right? Those are autoimmune. So, uh, Although mine technically isn't what I mean. But basically, we are talking today about chronic illness and a lot of people that we know have chronic illness, a lot of people that we... Evan's not going to be happy with your ice sloshing in your cup. He said it's fine. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Okay, good. A lot of people we know have chronic illness besides us, obviously, based 23. on 23.5 million. Well, that's also autoimmune, but really any way or shape or form that chronic illness can present itself in people's lives, which I think can be a lot of different things. But so how do you want to, how do you want to, you know, since this is such a, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I, well, you know, we're not going to make this a downer. Um, I don't know. Talk to, I don't know. How do you want to start? Talk to me. Talk to me about your innards. <laughs> My innards are <laughs> jacked. If you want to, if you want the real, the real story. I guess let's share our stories because that's what we do. That is what we do. So you go first this time. Oh my gosh. Before you get through more of that cocktail, (laughs) you should definitely go first. (laughs) Oh no. All right. I'm okay. I'm fine. (laughs) So, well, we are both migraine sufferers. Mm -hmm. I got my first migraine when I was like three or four. And I think it was because I was always dehydrated. Because it was so little. That's so young. But I know. And I would get them so bad. And I remember my eighth grade teacher, Mr. Something, Mariani, um, 
wrote in my yearbook because I missed so much school that year. Well, you were never here, but you did a fine job. Really? Yes, because I pulled out A's because whatever. But you missed that much school. I missed so much school. and uh, But I would get at least two or three migraines every week mm-hmm. from, what, kindergarten all the way to – I mean, they were just constant. And now I finally figured it out. It was – I think it was in large part dehydration and exercise – that needing for me, exercise, I need exercise. A mm-hmm. lot. I know that a lot of people say that going on a run would would uh, create a worse situation for mm-hmm. a migraine. That but is true for a lot of migraine. For newers. my body, if I get a migraine and if I'm able to, so with me, migraines come with constant vomiting, mm-hmm. like just nonstop. Anyway, so that's not fun. But so the migraines are still a part of my life, but not in excess like they right. used to be because I've I've locked them down. Right. You figured out strategies. I figured out. It took a long time. Yeah. But really it's uh making sure I have enough salt if it's hot. Um staying away from a lot of foods. Mm-hmm. Um f- getting enough sleep. Um and just listening, listening to my body, which I don't think in in the United States specifically we do enough of. I mean, I personally like to get as little sleep as possible. I like to eat all <laughs> the things I want to eat. And I just want to ignore my body. So, yeah. Know, but but you also are a very good listener to your body. And you do have a lot of really great homeopathic remedies, which I always appreciate also foraging through your cupboard for. Yes. So I just like to steal from my friends because I'm too cheap. And um, not that's not entirely true. Um, but so fast forward, um, I was – yeah, I've always been up and down with – I mean, I have a curvy figure. Um I too like to indulge. Like instead of dealing with my problems for a long time, I ate my problems and I didn't drink and I wasn't having sex when I was single. So I ate pizza and then Burger King and that's how I coped. And so um, anyway, so I've been up and down throughout my life with weight. But um, when I was pregnant with one of my kids, as a reminder, I have three, um, somebody right before I delivered said something like, you should get your thyroid checked because mm-hmm. I, I was complaining this. about something or other. Mm-hmm. And then the nurse, as I was getting ready to push, this was my second child, she looked at me and she said, after you're done breastfeeding, go get your thyroid checked That's out. So crazy. And it felt like it wasn't her. It felt like it was a messenger kind yes, of thing. Because what, like, who what does that? It was random. nurse or labor nurse is like, oh, P.S., when his baby's yeah. out. Get your thyroid checked. It that was doesn't happen. Super random. So anyway, I did, and it turns out I had hypothyroidism, and I fought with it forever because you get hair loss, up and down yo-yo weight, brain fog, and I had two babies under two, and yeah. I had a full time job and all of this. So I was like, you don't really realize when you're moving through your life that that this is actually causing a problem. You think that too? What happens a lot is people start to relate their symptoms to. Just normal life. You think, oh, well, hair loss and I'm tired and I have foggy brain. I have little babies. That's just part of being a new mom or I'm working full time and we just make excuses for how we're feeling. Correct. Yeah, I was. And then I I was exercising two hours a day and I was down to 500 calories. All right. You were exercising. I was like desperate to lose three pounds or something. I needed to lose probably at that point about. It, for me, I wanted to lose forty pounds. Yes, thank you for and advising that. You didn't need. Yeah, to lose for that. me, I wanted to lose because I to lose that. I just whatever. Nothing ever fit right, and I just didn't feel comfortable. I knew that I, I knew where I wanted to be, and I knew where I felt the happiest and the healthiest, and I couldn't get there no matter what I did. 
And um, so I went to the the Phoenix, the Phoenixes, the the Phoenix, uh, the Valley's foremost endocrinologist. And he listens to my story and he says, this is what he says to me, Nicole. I know this story and I hate it. This is what he says so to me. A woman much. who has just basically told him that she has a terrible eating disorder. Right. I know. All right. He said, and I quote, you're fat, exercise more and eat less. That's what he said to me. It is the rage that comes up in me, the vileness. I know. People say the shittiest things to me. All right. I've never dropped the F-bomb on this podcast, but I could if I didn't have Jesus living in my heart perched right there on my aorta. And so (laughs) my point here is that, so that happened. And then a few months later, I got pregnant. And I... Wait, it was a few months later? Yeah, man, well, maybe not. I mean, who knows anymore how long it was. It was within a year. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Maybe who knows? seven years and maybe it had been three <laughs> months. I'm not sure. It was sometime, sometime later. Right. Comma. Mm-hmm. Um, I got pregnant and, you know, I wasn't expecting the pregnancy. I was about 37-ish at the time and, you know, thinking, let's do this. And then I had a miscarriage. And it was... For a pregnancy that I wasn't sure that I wanted, it was devastating to have it right. lost. And I I remember I went and I just, I like literally cried out to God. I was like, God, I don't want that ever to happen again. And I need you to help sort out my body. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what I said. And I was like, I need to know. Like I need answers. Yeah. And clearly doctors don't give them to me. Because right. I just had this feeling that something was happening. Did you feel at the time that – the miscarriage was related to what was going on with your body, with your autoimmune? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why. It may have been an intuitive thing. I can't quite remember. Mm-hmm. But I remember praying that and I remember immediately thinking, you need to go on like a three-day cleanse. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I, I don't know. I did some crazy cleanse. Like, you know, one of those like liver and colon and gallbladder detoxes. So I did one of those. And then, as is my won't, I came to Nicole's house. And how did I break a three-day fast? Oh, with a nice juicy burrito. <laughs> we had a burrito? From Caroline. Carolinas or Caroline's? Carolinas. Carolinas. It's like the best. Listen, there Mexican. are worse ways to break. There are. And Carolinas, they make homemade tortillas that are like bigger than your face. And they're just so, they're so, bigger than so like, delicious. I don't know, Tyrannosaurus Rex's face. They're gigantic. And they're wonderful. Anyway, and as I, I took one bite and the room started, I, we had no alcohol at this point. The room started to spin. My appendages started to swell. I remember. Nicole and our other friend Jenny looked at me and they were like, oh. they're like, Renee. I was, I was like turning into the Incredible Hulk. You were having some kind of very physical reaction we could all yes. see in yes. your body. And then I was like, Oh no. And Nicole's like, you have a gluten allergy. This was 2013. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, <laughs> I like gluten. I'm Indian. My dad even says, how can you be an Indian woman? You can't eat roti. <laughs> All Indians eat roti. Roti is like the whole wheat tortilla. It's fabulous. I can't eat them because this is what happened. I went home and I did my research because I research and um, I found out that if you have Hashimoto's, did I fail to, uh, the only thing that Mr. F- uh, You're Fat told me was that I have ha- have Hashimoto's. He said that then? He did tell me that. That's how I found out that I had Hashimoto's. I'm sorry. Listen, I won't have a Mexican mule again unless you write in and tell me I should. 
And so Hashimoto's <laughs> is a chronic inflammatory autoimmune thyroid disease in which the immune system attacks and destroys the thyroid gland. So that's what Hashimoto's is. If you need to know more, it's it very up. succinct. So anyway, excellent job. Thank you. Um, so he told me that. So I start googly, 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 googling all of these things. Maybe I went on databases too. Who knows? And I find out deep, deep, deep in the research. Underbelly. Underbelly. I was going to say annals or anals, but I'm not sure. I like right. anals. Anals works. But what's the word? How do you, I know how to spell it and I know how to read it, but I don't know how to say it. Which is most most people who read a lot don't know how to say any of the Which words is they what read. My friends and I always say to each other, we just give each other all kinds of grace when we mispronounce a word because we're such nerds that we've only read it a thousand times and we've never actually I've said never it out loud to a human word. being. It's true. And then we're like, do you say it like this? I know. So it's A-N-N-A-L-S, that word. And so, because I know how to spell anal. Um, <laughs> we are off. <laughs> we are like, Evan? It's like, what is happening? Evan, edit it out, Evan. No, no, don't edit it out. Keep it, Evan. Evan's a four. You think he's going to let go of any sort of authenticity? No, this is what he wants for us to do. Right. So anyhow, back on track. Deep down in like page 9,462 in the Google, it says, if you have Hashimoto's, you are have a gluten issue and if you're eating gluten with Hashimoto's the likelihood of your having a miscarriage is very no, very I didn't know very that high. I feel like I've never heard this before and I was like you mofo. you've never told me this Mr. Fat Mr. Fat Doctor Dr. Fat Dr. Your Fat should have told me this but I've never even heard yes, you that's say the this truth. so I immediately went off gluten <gasps> Yes. I didn't know this. And then I immediately got pregnant with my Judah, who yeah. will be six next week. Yeah. And so there's that. And then I finally found a good doctor who, when he saw that I had Hashimoto's, he said, are you off of gluten? And I said, yes. He goes, good, because everybody who has Hashimoto's likely right. has celiac. Right. And I was like, oh, so it turns so out. So there's your next diagnosis. I got that. And so I listened to my body and I kind of figured it out. My weight still goes up and down, but I also have Snickers and... Mexican meals, so but I exercise a lot, and uh, you eat better than almost anyone I know. I mean, in general, you know. Anyway, so that's my besides story. you reading reading my pantry. That that's the rare. It's true. Anyway, so listen, if there are any women out there who have Hashimoto's and you are struggling with infertility, there is a chance. I'm not a doctor yet. Um, and if I were, once I am the kind of doctor that I'm going to be, <laughs> I cannot, kind of it won't be this kind of doctor, <laughs> but I can speak to this world about leadership. That's right. I will be able to speak about leadership. Damn anyway, it. And then um, I'm going to let Nicole take over because I'm a little unhinged right now. And then I'll come back and I'll talk about what happened, uh, why I needed butt pellets. Ah, Yes. <laughs> You will follow my story with your story about butt pellets. There it is. Maybe, if you're lucky. Okay, so I'm just telling my I'm sick story. I mean, if you want to look at it that way. Sure. I mean, it's what it is. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's what it is. Hmm, where to begin? So migraines, yes, like Renee, I grew up with them. Um, I got my first one when I was like eight. And then when I was about 16, uh, I started getting cluster headaches. What are those? They're demons <laughs> in the form of a headache. 
Um, they're actually called suicide headaches yeah. because people who have suffered with them chronically, um, there's a very high rate of suicide around them, unfortunately. They make migraines feel like a walk in the park. So they are horrific. And I would get them every fall. They're seasonal. They're related to your circadian rhythm, and no one understands why. I was told also by a doctor, a male doctor, that I couldn't possibly have clusters because only men get clusters, and I was misinformed and didn't know what was happening to me. Mm. Um, So then I went to another neurologist where I was correctly diagnosed with clusters and migraines, and... Maybe fast forward, starting having babies, those hormones sure do a lot to your body and to your brain and make your, what you thought were maybe controllable headaches spin out of control. So then you feel worse. And, but then after my second child was born, my clusters stopped. They just, just as soon as they had started when I was 16, they just stopped Hmm. and I didn't get them until... 2018. So I went almost 10 years without getting them, which was, I was considered in remission. Um, and they started again a couple of years ago, but that's a separate story. My real story is, um, following my birth of my third child, I started hemorrhaging after delivery while when I was at home. So I was already like home from the hospital and I started hemorrhaging. I didn't know this. Yeah. It wasn't like terrible amount but it was enough that you know you're not that's not supposed to happen so i knew something was wrong so i went back to the doctor and they're really chill about it like oh we're gonna take this medicine and we're gonna do an ultrasound everything looks fine and you're fine send me back home but i had this feeling that something was just off and you know you were talking about intuition i just knew something wasn't right but i didn't know what and pretty soon after having him beckett i started just having ongoing pain all of the time in my pelvis like it wasn't I had menstrual pain which I had always had which had always been horrible but this was something different in addition I felt pain pretty much every single day in my abdomen and then when I started ovulating when I was ovulating again that pain made menstruation pain feel like nothing I was doubled over couldn't actually function in pain all the time. And I went to a bunch of doctors. I sought out like all these great specialists. I drove really far to meet with people. And now once again, I was dismissed. People were telling me that what I was feeling was normal, that that's just what happens when you have babies, that it probably isn't that bad. Um, I had one doctor tell me that it was just muscular pain. And I was like, um... I know what a pulled muscle feels like. <laughs> she ran track. You should see um, this woman's. Calves. I know what a pulled muscle feels like, or when you're sore from a from a from a gym trip. This feels like someone's gutting me every day. So I never went back to that doctor. I feel like there's a theme here with. Oh yeah, that was actually a doctors. that was actually a female um, physician too. I think that. There's just a lot of women not being believed and not being taken seriously. And then we can dip into that we are both women of color and we know the statistics on women of color not being listened to, 
that our pain is perceived as um, our pain tolerance is perceived to be higher and all of the things that are related to that. So I haven't really let my mind go off into that, but I do think that in some, there were some aspects of that going on. So I um, was dying, I felt like, and I spent every day in bed. I wasn't even homeschooling my kids. And um, finally, one of my, my physician who told me it was muscle pain, she basically said, I can't help you anymore. And she gave me a list of names of doctors and she said, you need to go see one of these people because I can't help you. So I brought the list home, felt really defeated. I showed it to Jonathan and I said, we need to pray because I don't know who, I don't know what to do. And we prayed about that list and we both felt there was one name on that list that we were, we were, I was supposed to see that doctor. So I immediately saw that doctor. Should I give her a shout out? Yeah. She's in Scottsdale, Dr. Grade in Scottsdale. I show up. She listens to me. She takes me seriously. She diagnoses me with something right then called endomyosis, which is basically like deterioration of your uterus, something I'd never heard of. And I leave feeling like I have some answers. I, I know that. something like I'm not a crazy person because that's all they do is make you feel like you're crazy. Yeah. Or, you know. Doing something wrong. Or doing something wrong. They blame you. Yeah. So that was a that was the start. But within about two months of seeing her for the first time, I started to deteriorate really rapidly to the point where I was really not functioning at all. So I went back to her again, and she immediately said, there's something else very wrong. I don't know what's going on, but something is really wrong. She did another exam on me, and she told me that I had something called frozen pelvis. So all of my female organs were stuck together in one giant mass. They were bound together by what's called endometriosis. So one in 10 women in the world have endometriosis. It's the number one cause of infertility. infertility. And basically mine was at stage four. It's actually frozen pelvis is actually considered past stage four. So um, I, which explained why I was in excruciating pain every single yeah. day because my organs were just in one mass fighting to live basically they were dying like my uterus was dying so I had to schedule surgery and I had to see a gynecological oncologist not because I had cancer but because my surgery the surgery requirements needed that level of skill so I was referred to a really amazing surgeon at Mayo Clinic I scheduled surgery that's a whole nother story that I won't maybe get into right now. <laughs> but I've had two surgeries and they were really extensive and super long recovery and so much to go through, which is also a lot to even think about. It was a lot but of trauma. For it was you. a lot of trauma. It was a lot of trauma that I'm still presently working through with my therapist right now. But I am on the other side of it and I wouldn't even be able to probably sit and have this, no. record this episode if no, I weren't. it's so... You're a different person for a lot of reasons, but healthy, yeah. I think whole health, physically everything, you know, your therapist, everything, um, who you are. Uh, yeah, it's, I feel like you've had this, this is coming out very wrong the way that, but like everything, it just feels like I remember how much pain you were in for so long. And I know that everybody felt so helpless and right. the doctors felt so useless. Right. And it was just, everything was not. And now it just feels like 
I'm so thankful it feels like a distant memory, but I'm just so thankful that you're good. Yeah, me too. It was It's like whole health. That's what I wanted to say. Whole health. But that's what I feel like that's what God wants for us. God wants whole health for us. Yeah. He doesn't want to be living here, like dragging our carcass eye all around. Carcass eye. However, though, to that point, we're still in it. I mean, it's not yeah, like I know. It's not like we, you or I both, we didn't experience some supernatural full healing. Our mm-hmm. bodies are still struggling with the disease we have and the ramifications thereafter. And my symptoms after surgery, which were symptoms that I didn't have before surgery. You still have Hashimoto's, you have celiac, all the things that we do every single day that are just part of our life. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk to you about like what's the what's the not only but also in that because I think when we talk about people thinking that we don't seem sick or we don't mm-hmm. seem like we have chronic pain or we don't seem like we have chronic illness because you can't see it when you look at us or you wouldn't yeah. know it to look at our lives. But it's a reality and it's part Mm -hmm. of us. Yeah. And absolutely. And I think another part of the not only but also is that we are women of faith. And we are from a faith tradition that believes primarily in healing. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I have received a kind of ongoing healing that hasn't necessarily been healing of our actual stuff. Right. But healing of our whole selves. Yeah, that's good. And I, and listen, <laughs> you think people are saying shitty things in the doctor's office? Yeah. Imagine being at the church. Yeah. And how many people question the validity of your faith or your prayers. Right. If you are sick, I don't know if that, that you, I hope that you didn't experience that. I don't, I don't, I don't think I experienced it as much because I'm not as open yeah. with all of these things. Right. I don't know that every, a lot of people know about some of them. They know that I can't eat gluten. And that's another thing. I'm adding another one. The idea, I feel like I have to apologize when I order gluten-free because it's become this kind of like snobby thing to do, right. I guess, particularly in certain because cities. Because it's trendy. It's trendy. Listen, right. stop ruining it for us who really have a gluten allergy. Right. And I actually, like I always say celiac alert on Grubhub or whatever, just so people know, like, look, I'm not being a douche. I have an allergy. Right. And and I, you need to be careful with it. And so I need to be careful with it. And I'm asking you to be careful with it. And so... Yeah, I think there's a lot of us out there. They don't know, but going, I want to circle back to my my butt pellet because I do feel. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call it that, but that the, the company. If I drop, circle back to the butt I, pellet. If I drop the name of the company, they're gonna be like, I cannot believe she's calling it a butt pellet. To, and um, but here's what, and, and here's why I want to share this, because it ties into intimacy, it ties into womanhood, and it ties into how many of us live. In with our lives, it is it is subpar way. That's right, and we it becomes our normal. Right? So that if we have a day or a moment where we don't feel miserable, we actually don't even know how to take that right? in. And the the level of misery becomes our normal. Yeah, and we begin to just accept that. Yes, you just feel bad all, all the time. The time, and you just get used to defeat. I just got used to exercising two hours a day and eating five hundred calories, which I do not recommend anybody to do. It doesn't work. And so, anyway, I don't know. This was what two, three. I was yeah, like forty years ago. Yeah, so I guess it was thirty nine, forty at this point. I had already had my three kids. I had already gone gluten free, and I had lost that forty pounds that I had really wanted to lose. And you know what? 
Hmm. It didn't, losing 40 pounds didn't make me feel better. Right. It didn't heal me in any way because I still had a lot of, we'll talk about mental health in a different episode. I needed to start going to therapy to deal with all of those things that were bound up in my, in my physical appearance. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, I, my husband and I have always had a pretty good intimate life. But then all of a sudden, I couldn't feel anything. I couldn't, like my brain, I was totally there. And when my husband wanted to, I was like, yeah. But my body was like, what? And I mean, I guess it would be akin to being um, limpid. What's it called? When you need Viagra? Renee's doing a finger motion (laughs) to show a flaccid penis right now. What's it called? Impotent? Impotent. So I was impotent, but you know. And, uh, but you weren't. Uh, a, but yeah, but I, I like that you said that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> as, as, okay. And you know, it wasn't good for Greg's mental health because he's of like, course. what's wrong with me? Right. And I just, it just, there was no, there was, it was not. And then it was kind of lame. So I was like, what? Oh, sorry. That was an ableist word. And I do apologize for using it. Um, it was discouraging and it was heartbreaking. And, you know, and I was just, and I hadn't been going to therapy very long, so there was a lot of mental health issues wrapped in here, like I was making it my fault. And, you know, after too many years of blaming yourself, then you have to start blaming your spouse because you, you can't make sense of anything. Right. And um, anyway, so one of my friends had been telling me about this bioidentical hormone therapy, which is not for everybody. And I had been chewing it off, like whatever. So finally, I realized, you know what, I am actually healthy now. And in terms of like, I was exercising, my blood work looked good. And I was like, something else seems to be off. Right. Something else is going on. Something else is going on because why is this happening in my sex life? Mm -hmm. And give me a break. I waited a long time. I wasn't going to let it get taken away that quickly. (laughs) And so I was like, hell no. And so anyway, I got what's called a A butt pellet. I got a butt pellet. And Mm -hmm. it's not really, they don't stick it up your butt. They stick it in your butt. (laughs) They like put a little. An important <laughs> distinction. <laughs> so they, they put a little sliver in your hip and then they, they stick this little uh, slow release pellet in you. And I am telling you guys, holy <laughs> mazzoli. But not from that, from oh, the effects. No, I, I, re- I received. <laughs> Greg received. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All of the bounty from heaven. Hallelujah. Uh, It brought back everything and then some. (laughs) And Greg was like, woman, Woman. thou art loosed. (laughs) Loosed. (laughs) I could not get enough, if you know what I mean. Yes. We all know what you mean. And I was like, Nicole, if I would be walking across campus, I work on a campus, and I... You're telling this story? Yeah. and, And I was texting Nicole. I'm like, if I walk any faster... I'm going to (laughs) explode. That's how good it worked for me. Because I went from like zero to hero. In in terms of like hormones. Because I I was like, my estrogen was through the roof. And I had... (laughs) Evan Evan is losing his mind. That line. So, So he had... Okay, so I had high, high estrogen. Very, very low to like... Flatline no testosterone, testosterone, no which testosterone, which is our sex drive, which is, which is our sex drive, drive, and very low progesterone. Right. And so they brought that testosterone right up, and I did not <laughs> mind the chin hairs because of everything else I was getting. It was the best. And so I just, you know, I was like, 
it just changed everything. And I mean, a lot of other things changed too. I mean, sex does make your life better, but in certain cases, but you know, and then the mental health happened too, which we'll talk about, like I said, later, but all of these things happened and it really did help. And now, you know what? I just got uh, another pellet, I don't know, in September sometime. It's October 20 something, 4th. But this will air way later. Yeah. So, and it's not, I, I don't, it's not, I don't know that it's working anymore. Something but you have I, to tweak it. Yeah, but I'm also, it's in COVID. Yeah. So, you know, but so right now I'm in the process of refiguring out my body again. Right. And I think maybe that's also what I want to say, you know, because I have no idea what I've been saying so far. But this idea that I want us to trust ourselves more. Yes. App- apparently we can't trust doctors. Well, I mean, I think one of the things we both touched on is intuition and us knowing and having that yeah. feeling that something is off and something is wrong. And that can be accounted for and adjusted for but then that doesn't mean it just stays like that yeah we have to there's this continual checking in with yourself checking in with your body paying attention to how you feel that can be exhausting yes but it's also if you let it just be part of the process can be part of your healing yes we have to pay attention to what's going on and you said what you said i think was so important it's not okay for us to just be on the sidelines and be like well I'm just, I'm going to just feel miserable. Yeah. I'm going to be tired all the time. I'm not going to have a sex drive. I'm going to be maybe mildly depressed, which are things we've both struggled and suffered through because, because why? Because I think women are sometimes sold a bill of goods that that's just part of womanhood slash motherhood, yeah. which is a lie. Totally. And we don't necessarily feel empowered to do anything else about it, or we don't know that we can, and we don't know where to begin. And I mean, I felt all of those things. I felt totally helpless. I didn't know where to start. Actually, too, I had a friend, you had that nurse say to you, get um, your thyroid checked. I had a friend, Melissa, who you know, Melissa Ingram. She actually found out I'd been diagnosed with endometriosis and she was the same, a messenger. She said to me, whatever you do, do not let them do this one surgery on you. That is the surgery that everyone has for endometriosis. You need this very specialized kind of surgery called excision surgery. And if you don't do it, your regrowth rate is like 80%. Well, why do they still do the other one? I don't know. And it is so disheartening to me. And I have talked to so many women now and have helped hopefully guide them in the direction of the correct kind of surgery. That sur- the correct surgery has an 80% chance of not creating regrowth. So it's pretty staggering. But I would never have known that. Why would it? I would have just listened to my doctor and done the thing that they told me to do. I know. So many of us do that. And did I cut you off? No. Go ahead. But I think what I always think about coming back to this and how this is the not only but also and going back to the, the faith idea. I do remember somebody did, before I realized I think I had Hashimoto's, I had somebody ask to pray for me. And he, it, and they were staying, it was a couple staying at my house. And he said, you know, I really feel like God wants healing for you. And I was like, great. And he, I, I just remembered this. And he laid, he laid his hand on my throat. <laughs> but like he, he literally put his hand on, and he asked permission first, uh, which is a good practice. And uh, on my throat where, where your thyroid is. And he prayed for me. And gosh, that had to have been 2013, way before Judah was born, way before before any of this Before you were diagnosed. Before I was diagnosed, Mm -hmm. before any of this. And I think about, so that was probably 12 or 13, now we're in 20. 
And I sorted stuff out like 17, 18. Mm-hmm. And same with you. You had, There was a long haul. I think, you, you know, your your youngest was born in 14? Um, no, 11. No, 11. 11. Mm-hmm, 2011. Uh, 2011. And you had your latest surgery in 18, right? I think that's right. So, I mean, what I want to say here is, is that, yes, we were prayed for numerous times. Yes, we had messengers. But there wasn't this sudden, God healed me. Totally. For either of us. And and I think a lot of people would feel disappointed by that. A lot of people, maybe if you're going through this and you're like, God didn't heal you, God heal, heal, hears you. But here's the thing. Like throughout all of these years, despite the disappointments, despite the douchey doctors, despite the inability to eat gluten, all of these things, through each of these acts and through just us trusting God in us, trusting our intuition, listening to that voice that's the opposite of the doctor Mm -hmm. and saying, I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to go one step uh, forward. I'm going to pray over this list of – I remember when you got that list and you felt so overwhelmed and you called me and you're like, there's so many doctors here. Yeah. And and you and Jonathan came to a mutual decision together empowered by what I believe was the spirit and it was the right doctor. And it led to – that's all God. That's also, all supernatural. As you're saying that, it also makes me think too that, and a lot of people won't maybe like this or agree with it, and and it's not the answer we want. But a lot of times, it could be really possible that our healing is this whole process. I mean, I didn't want to have to have surgery. That's not what I wanted to receive healing, but it was a part of my healing story. I had to go through that. My body was so sick. That if I didn't have surgery, I would have never really fully recovered and I would have kind of ended up bedridden. I mean, it was to that level. And so, no, we want like this instantaneous or we want things just taken away or we want our bodies made instantly whole and all of that or we want to be able to eat the right thing or take the right supplements or use the right essential oils and get the effects that we want. But that is not always the reality. That does happen for some. Sure, I believe that. I know that God could do that. But our healing story has also been finding the right doctors, listening to our intuition, changing the way we eat, having surgeries, receiving butt pellets when necessary. (laughs) All of that is part of the story of us actually God taking us to the point where we can feel better. And I don't feel perfect. I have pain still every single day. That's never going to leave. I mean, maybe it'll leave at some point, but I still have chronic pain. There's not a day that I don't wake up and have pain, but I also know that it's not where I was. And I also know that I've been brought forward and I'm happy about that. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. 100%. I can't agree with you more. And I think that it it requires all of that. And I think about all of the women out there who even now, I mean, I don't know. I hope that maybe you'll think, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be blaming myself. Mm-hmm. I I can help myself, you know, or um, oh, well, there was another thought I had. Um, I lost it. So go well, ahead. I want to say too that while you collect your thoughts, I definitely don't want to, to come off as though we're saying like, if there's, if you're sick and you're, you are struggling with something and you, or, and or you have an illness that you should be able to just fix no. it. Or you should be able to drum up something and make and make it fixed. I don't think that at all. I think there are certain things that we will just always carry um, that don't have a they don't get tied up with a pretty bow and God That's doesn't right. just wave his hand and get rid of them. 
that's definitely not mine and Renee's story. And we're not saying that if you get hormone this or you change your diet to this, that you're going to feel great. That's no. hopefully not what we're It's true. I hope that's not how it came across. No, I don't know. I'm just felt the need to say that. Is that how it came across? I don't think that. I just am adding that because I could, you know, I've, I'll just say this. There were definitely times where I felt guilty. Yeah. That I felt like I did something to, not that I deserved to be sick, but that I did something to create this sickness in my body Mm. where I felt like maybe if I had exercised more or if I had eaten better, if I didn't love hot tamales so dang much, if I didn't, if I slept better, if I controlled my stress more, that I wouldn't have gotten endometriosis. I, I Mm. really had to fight through that thinking because I, at the end of the day, I know, and the Lord told me, I'm not responsible for this. And and also God didn't do this to me. Yes, this is just part is of what correct. happened in my body. God didn't make this happen and I didn't make this happen. But is he in it and is he bringing me through it? Yes. Do I have to partner in that? Absolutely. Do I need to make good choices for myself where I can? Yes. But there's also grace for the days that I don't do that, for the days that I eat halloween mini fun size that's correct and right chase it with a and chase it with a, a mule. mule that's right 100 percent. i know I, I went through that process too of blaming myself what i was too depressed or i did this or i had this mm-hmm. issue or i ate too much soy in the 2000s right. and all that you know stuff. and th- you know what all of that could have contributed to frying my thyroid mm-hmm. it very well could yeah. have but guess what it happened and right. i can't change we can't, it we can't cha- we can't and do it i whatever and we got to move forward and so this is the other thing i think with all of our stuff that we've kind of touched on in some points and especially this my levels of not just empathy which is the ability to feel what another person is feeling but compassion the ability to kind of extend that empathy into action Mm -hmm. is so much higher that's right where i i don't now i don't try to give anybody a pat answer Mm -hmm. Um, I try not to look, have you gotten your, ch- have you gotten your butt pellet yet? Cause it's a miracle worker. Um, you know, everyone's up, but I hope they know I'm joking. And so, you know, this kind of thing where sure I'll help people process that out. Cause I think sometimes people forget and nobody wants to go off gluten. No. And nobody wants to go off dairy. Gluten is good. Cheese is yummy. I know. And so is ice cream and so many dairy things. And so, um, yeah, people don't want to actually do that, but you know, and I get it. There are some people who, who are like, forget it. I'm not going right. to miss my life. Totally. And I respect that. I just... I, I respect it a lot. The idea, what happens when I eat gluten is so much worse <laughs> than abstaining from gluten. Right. That I'm it's like, It's done I'm, for you. Good. That decision is made for you. We're good. Right. And so uh, anyway. But yes, to compassion and empathy and seeing people, I think that it's definitely opened my eyes to look at other people and recognize that sometimes if someone's having a bad day or they're grumpy, that I'm a little more inclined now to think they might just not be feeling well mm-hmm. as a person who has spent years not feeling well and had a family and ministry and all these other things still happening. And I was working even during, during that time thinking they just might not feel well. And just to have the, the awareness of that, that there yeah. are other things going on for people all the time that we don't know about. And I would say the other thing that chronic illness has done for me is to ex- have me offer grace to myself, yeah. to extend grace to myself that I never would have given myself because there are just days I couldn't do it. I can't do it. I don't have it in me and it's okay. And if I had ever laid down and just been like, well, I'm just going to give into that. 
I would have been destroyed. I would have been emotionally destroyed. I would have never felt like I was worthwhile or worthy, but I had to give myself grace and say, it's okay, Mm -hmm. Nicole, if you, if the only thing you do today is make one peanut butter and jelly sandwich and hand it to a child, you did it. And I literally had days like that. And you have to be able to know that you're not broken. Your body is maybe struggling, but you are not broken. Mm-hmm. And God has all the grace to extend to you in all of that. Mm-hmm. Amen. A to the men. Yeah. And yeah, and I think that's it. And I just, you know, and the thing is, is you and I kind of, we have, we're on the other side where we have autoimmune or chronic illnesses that could have really impacted our fertility. Mm-hmm. But for whatever, whatever we had three and I, I think know. about all the women who have Hashimoto's mm-hmm. or celiac or endometriosis who have yep. not been able to have that's children it. that's absolutely right and I, I extend mercy upon mercy mm-hmm. upon mercy to them yeah and recognizing that I don't know why the chips fell the way they yep. did they just did and that's um, true and I just want people to recognize that it's not our fault mm-hmm. yeah we didn't do anything to make this happen and God didn't do this, but I really feel like there's, there's gifts in it. And I mean, I would change my story if I could, I think, I think I would actually still go back and not have gone through any of that if I could. But at the same time, I do think about what's actually been gained, what's been gained spiritually, what's been gained for my family, my children, having a mom who was so sick that they had to, they had to serve me and each other. And, there's a lot of beautiful stuff that happens yeah. in the process, and God isn't far from any of that. He's in it. Hmm. That's good. Well, I I think we're – I don't even – I can't see the time, so I don't know how long this is. But we're perfect. This is perfect. Good. Well, how are we – are we going to do supersonic? Is that how we're going to sign No, off? we're not allowed to do supersonic. <laughs> Renee and I were going to sing supersonic, his... which we won't do. Although you should know that the S is for super. And the U is for unique. And the P is for perfection. But, you know, we're freaks. The E is for exotic. <laughs> I can't finish it. I can't do it. All right. But I like what we did. <laughs> and the R is for wrapping up. <laughs> exactly. All right. This was, who knows what this one's going to sound like. But if you're still with us, thank you for sticking. Thanks for listening. And also, if you're still listening and you've been listening and you would like to subscribe to our podcast and or rate or review our podcast because it actually really helps other people who like Noba to find us if you like us as well. That's so, right. Yeah. And people have been liking us. People actually think we're doing okay. And they love the episode about <laughs> dissenting about Trump. That We're going to have a presidential election in like nine days. No, we won't. Not when this airs. It will be already Well, nine happened. days from our reality. Oh, yeah. Your reality, reality, but our, our reality. current reality. We don't know who the president is. But you'll know by the time you listen to this. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, thank you so much for... Thanks for listening. Enduring. Enduring. With my Snickers <laughs> and my <laughs> Mexican muleness. I'm down now. I'm calm down. Okay. All right. Bye. Peace. In the Middle East. All the time. Everywhere.